So this morning I'd like to begin with um, just a, an overview of um, the instructions so far, just a kind of recap. And um, so we began with the mindfulness of body and breath. Um, and as Jenny was saying yesterday, that's very much our practice. It's, it's the core practice. It's the ground of our practice. I sometimes um, help find it helpful to break down the, the process of, of working with um, an object of attention into three steps. And so um, I'd like to just kind of share that with you this morning. So whatever we're using, whether it's um, grounding in the contact areas of body and seat, the breath, the wide body awareness, just noticing that that actually falls into, kind of it has three parts to it. The first one is the intention to pay attention. So we actually, you know, we have an intention to pay attention to the breath or the body or body pain, or Vedana, whatever it is that we're using. And then we, the second step is that we actually bring the attention to that object of meditation. And that in itself can be an exploration for each of us. What does that actually mean to bring attention to? How does that actually feel? And then the third part is when we notice that we're no longer with the object that we've made the intention to pay attention to. And for many of us, that's primarily where we find ourselves, which is fine, you know, that's the practice. So we notice, ah, my attention is now not with the breath, it's you know, in planning or fantasy or desire or aversion or whatever it is that's arising. And so then we acknowledge what's happening and we come back to the intention to bring the attention to the breath and then replace it with that. And so just remembering that all of these, you know, it's, it's three kind of aspects of the same practice and and they all are equally important all equally important just remembering this I'm still not sure if this is relevant but it's just popped up in my memory so I'll indulge myself memory of many many years ago and I uh, well not that many but when I first started teaching I was just assisting um, on, a, on a retreat in India and uh, someone came, actually it was me and my partner together, someone came to us and said, you know, so what's the point, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm managing 45 minutes of being with every breath, but what's the point? <laughs> and, you know, so, so what's the big deal? You know, what's the point? And I, I, I remember, I don't think physically it actually happened, but we both felt as if our jaw just dropped at the idea that, you know, that she was actually managing 45 minutes of being with every single breath. But um, I like that story because, you know, it makes us laugh. Um, but also it raises up the question, you know, okay, well, what's the, you know, it's not, it's not that being with the breath, being with the object isn't the goal in itself, you know, it's the interest. It's what we learn. It's what we see from the experience. It's not about something mechanical. So that's where the interest is really important. And that's why, um, you know, it's not about this very um, tense kind of clamping onto the breath, you know, forcing the attention to be with the breath necessarily. But it's, that's why it's as 
valuable and as interesting when we notice distraction. You know, it's the quality of our relationship to the experience and our ability to come back. And the attitude that we bring, both the gentleness and the curiosity, the interest, that are so important. So just to kind of um, bring that in. So breath and body is our foundation, you know, is our real... um, often feel like it's our home, you know, it's the place where we ground the attention we come back to and we rest into. And then when pain arises, working with that also, you know, making that an area of interest, if that is useful, you know, and it's very much um, an exploration for each of us when that is useful to explore the pain. So either, as we were speaking, investigating the pain directly, the sensations, the changeability, or widening the awareness to the whole body so that the pain, experience of pain is held in a whole body awareness, or breathing into the pain, around the pain, seeing how that can support us to stay steady with the experience of pain without um, reactivity. And then yesterday, the um, invitation to um, begin opening to that level of experience, which is, is much more subtle for many of us, of the feeling tone of the Vedana. Just noticing, is this, is this experience right now, does it have the feeling tone of pleasant, unpleasant, or neither one or the other? So that's what we've, we've introduced so far. And um, in many ways, it feels like enough. So the, the invitation um, today is to, to find for yourself what feels um, interesting and appropriate in each sitting. You know, what, what do I want to explore right now? And if it feels... Um, like that would cause too much um, internal confusion (laughs) or dithering or, you know, whatever um, your tendency might be, then, then, um, you know, just just working with what is, you know, staying grounded in body and breath. If pain arises, investigating it. And once in a while, checking in. What's the feeling tone? And that can be a very powerful practice in itself. And with that, I'd just like to um, mention, refer to um, an aspect of our mental life that has come up in the in the groups and in the interviews, and um, it's very useful to kind of acknowledge and recognize. And um, it's spoken about in the, in the tradition. They're called the five hindrances, which is kind of a scary name. <laughs> um, but these are um, five ways that um, the mind, um, or five, um, five obstacles that kind of take over and affect our perception or affect our clear seeing. and affect or inhibit the, um, the further development of, of clear seeing, of wisdom. And it's actually really helpful to, to know what they are, you know, to know they exist, and to know that, again, they're, they're something that occurs in the, in the human mind. Um, so they're not personal, you know, they're not our personal problem. Um, they're not our, our um, personal deficiency, but they're something that occurs in meditation, occurs in the mind, actually, not just in meditation. We notice it in meditation, and something we can work with. So, yeah, so really important to remember their habits of mind, their patterns of mind. They arise in the mind. Um, they don't say anything about you, as a person or a meditator. They just arise, and we can work with them. We can um, recognize them, work with them, allow them, and um, 
and they pass also. And that aspect of not taking them personally is really important because the kind of when we feel that this is who I am, then that actually feeds that hindrance, that pattern in the mind and creates some degree of drama also. And also with that, just like I was saying about the process of any kind of mindfulness, that the recognition that um, I am distracted is very valuable in itself. So also with the hindrances, you know, recognizing right now a hindrance is here. Or sometimes um, some teachers speak about a hindrance attack. Sometimes there's more than one (laughs) present at the same time. Um, just the recognizing of that is actually a moment of mindfulness a moment of um, awareness a moment of clear seeing and allows the cultivation of wisdom and the deepening of wisdom in us so I'll just say um, what what the five are and and some of you of course know them Um, so the first one which we've heard in other lists in other contexts is um, Sense desire, <coughs> aversion. This is my pe- fav- personal favorite: sloth and turper. <laughs> um, personally, I find it more useful to to uh, just think about it as dullness and kind of a very low, kind of heavy energy. That's the way it kind of really affects the mind and often is also very present in the body. (coughs) Restlessness and worry or anxiety. And um, the fifth one is doubt. And when you're just kind of hearing those five, um, they really, I think, pretty much cover (laughs) most of what um, arises in meditation and um, kind of inhibits or affects or disturbs our capacity to... Um, to stay clear, to stay present with our experience. It is important with with desire, with a sense desire, it is important, as Jenny mentioned, to remember that in in the Buddha's teaching, the mind is also a sense. So it's also that sometimes the um, attraction that we have towards thought can also be a type of of sense desire, just to, to bring that in. And with the doubt, um, it includes self-doubt. You know, so obvious, often it can be, I can't do this. I'm not getting this. I'll never get this. It can be doubt in the teachings. This isn't working for me. This isn't my way. This doesn't make sense. You know. And, of course not any questioning is is an unhelpful doubt so questioning is very much encouraged but when it gets into that kind of um, very um, cyclical negative kind of loop and so the Buddha liked to use sorry as well as lists he liked to use images to help us um, understand, to help us get a, a feeling for things. And so he has this beautiful sutta when he gives um, images for how the different hindrances affect the mind. And um, he uses the, um, or how they obscure our perception. He uses the image for the mind as a pool of water that is so clear that you could see your reflection in it, and you could see your face reflected in it. So it's a very, very clear pool of water and when sense desire is present or arises in the mind it's like a um, a dye a coloured dye that is put into the water and so it colours our perception yeah, it colours our perception like everything we perceive is coloured by that desire When aversion arises, and aversion, you know, it includes the whole spectrum from slight irritability to kind of full-blown anger, 
or hatred. Yeah. So when aversion is present or arises, it's like boiling water. It's a great image, I think. It's like the water in the pool is boiling, it's bubbling, it's turbulent. <coughs> and we are, you know, when we think of ourselves in states of aversion, we are in a state of turbulence. You know, sometimes we can really feel it in the body. And again, we can't see clearly into the water because there's so much turbulence. When sloth and turpa, dullness, are present or arise, it's like um, the pool is covered in algae. So there's this sense of stagnation and of kind of being weighed down, something is weighing down the water. And that, of course, affects the clear scene. This, this next one, I think, is really beautiful. So the restlessness and the worry are like, um, like as if gusts of wind are coming and disturbing the water. So there's these gusts of wind that are coming and disturbing the surface of the water. And so they're, you know, they're, they're erratic. Um, again, they cause this agitation of the water. They're unpredictable. And doubt is like a muddy, very muddy pool of water. So all the the water is muddy and we can't see anything, can't see the bottom, let alone our own image in it. So just see, for some of us, images are sometimes really, really useful. Can just feel that sense, get a feeling for the for the hindrances through the um, through the use of the image. So, how do we how do we work a little bit with these? And and we're not going to go into this fully, but just very lightly. Um, as I was saying, the most important aspect is the recognition. So, you may be sitting practicing. Um, you know you have the intention to be with the breath or the body and you notice distraction, you know, notice the mind is moving away. When that happens, just open to notice is there a flavor of a certain hindrance here? Just to notice, just to know, not getting too mental about it, so not really trying to recognize, but just checking in, in the process of recognizing the distraction. And then when you do, just acknowledging and naming, you know, desire is here. You know, I'm thinking about lunch. Or, you know, I'm thinking, you know, it can sometimes be kind of a positive desire. You know, we're planning um, the next 20 retreats we're going to sit. <laughs> or whatever it is. You know, our career as a professional meditator, it can be, you know, so it, it's not necessarily like just the positive things, but we just notice that movement of mind. You know, that's reaching out for something, that's grabbing onto something. And then we just name it, and really important in that is the acknowledgement. And staying as steady as possible. You know, it's not a bad thing. It doesn't say anything bad about you, about who you are. It's just what is happening and is arising, and seeing it clearly is um, incredibly beneficial. <coughs> and then seeing, just like we've done with working with the pain, can or with the discomfort, can I just stay steady with this? You know, can I just take a few breaths in the presence or with the acknowledgement of this hindrance? Just seeing our desire. Sometimes a labeling, a noting of, the, of what it is can be helpful. Or aversion. There's here doubt. Yeah, that's, what's, that's what's arising right now. And not react so much. See if we can just not react to it. But just see it as it is. Noticing how the mind is being affected by whatever is arising. Just knowing this is what's here. And then coming back to the breath, the body, 
working with pain, whatever it is that you were doing, the Vedana. And sometimes we can see that we have a certain, you know, that some um, hindrances are kind of more favored by our mind than others. That can be interesting. You know, it really increases our self-knowledge. I have a tendency towards this or that. That's kind of good to know. And sometimes we can even, with the attention, with the quality of our mindfulness, we can also watch something shift and move away. You know, the mind with desire, and then with the attention, maybe the desire leaves or is diminished. Maybe not, no promises. But that can be very interesting as well, just to, to see that unfolding. Yeah, so I think that that's going to be it for the talking this morning. <coughs> So just um, feeling into your body and settling into your posture. So checking in with a posture, with a balance between the uprightness and the alertness of the body. that's balanced with a sense of receptivity of openness of ease So feeling what would be the appropriate, the useful practice for you for this period. You can also choose to use the metta or compassion practice. In which case the phrases would be the object of your attention. Whatever you feel drawn to, whether it's body, breath, the experience of discomfort or pain in the body, Vedana, 
metta or compassion. Beginning by grounding the awareness in the body. And then making the intention for this period of practice to bring the attention to whatever object you've chosen. Taking a few moments to feel that intention. In your own time, bringing the attention to the body, the breath, discomfort, vedana, or the metta-compassion phrases. Remembering that whenever you notice you're distracted, that's a moment of waking up to what is here, right now. You can acknowledge that. Distraction, whatever it is. You wish you can feel if it has a flavor of one of the hindrances. And gently come back to your intention. And to the object of your practice.
So just noticing where you find yourself in this moment. If you find that your mind has been distracted, just recognizing what has pulled you away. Acknowledging it without getting caught up. And gently coming back to your intention. Bringing your attention again to the object of this meditation practice. Without judgment or identification. is a movement of mind gently coming back
So are there any questions? Yes, Marie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, could you differ between thoughts and feelings and thoughts of feelings in some way? Uh, it just popped up in my head. I mean, some some thoughts and feelings you do recognize. Here go again, self-criticism or whatever. Yeah. Sometimes when I meditate, I, I think I understand something or I see something in a different or something makes sense in a new way. And in that way, I can think that thoughts can also uh, maybe regulate your feelings mm-hmm. or make you understand things. So in some way, it's good. Yeah. And in some way, it's not so good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so... Yeah, one interesting thing that we that we discover when we start paying attention to our inner life is that um, the mental life is uh, is very rich and diverse. And so, you know, we don't label necessarily. We don't put all thoughts or all thinking into one basket. Um, we very much know things, articulate things also via our mental capacity. So what you're describing is, you know, what we would call some kind of insight into your um, world or into your life or into your being, and that is coming up in a, in a form of thought, obviously. Um, so, yeah, so, so, so starting to see that, um, that scope or that diversity and then... Um, noticing what happens, you know. Sometimes even we have an insight, and then um, you know we've seen something very clearly, and then we notice after some time that the, ma- the that we're just kind of chewing on it, you know, like a, a cow. <laughs> um, you know, we're chewing on it, chewing on chewing on it, um, and and that becomes um, then it actually kind of loses some of its value or meaning. Um, partly sometimes we might be doing it because we don't want to forget. Um, so we're repeating it. But also there can be this kind of um, getting sucked into it, into, into the story. So just, just starting to, to, to see, you know, when, when you recognize that thinking is happening. You know, we're still working primarily um, so far, you know, what we've worked with, our, our, our ma- the mindfulness practices that we're, do- we're doing are coming back to a simple object but when we notice the distraction and it's thinking, so taking a moment to see what, what is the thinking actually and to recognize and to feel into it and to know it. And then to see if we can let it, we can, we can let it go. You know, there's a, um, an insight there and I see it clearly. And I, and I feel, or if it feels like actually I need to stay with it to understand it more, it's a process, then also allowing yourself to, to rest into it. Um, but but just, just kind of being interested in the difference. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to add anything? No. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, a lo- the... So I think we mentioned at some point, but just to kind of give that overview, you know, there's four foundations of mindfulness. Um, first is body and breath is part of it. And then there's Vedana, which already, already includes a mental aspect. And then... Um, my mind's going to go blank at this point, but luckily <laughs> we've got Jenny here. Um, I think the third is... Is the third mental Chitta, formation? Chitta, yeah, mental states. Mental states, which then, um, you know, is moods, mind, mind states. states. Um, and, then, and then the fourth one, which the hindrances is one of them, is kind of is huge and includes a lot of, of more mental things. Um, so just to say that, um, that it's not, it's not about, you know, meditation practice isn't about silencing thoughts, having a blank mind, or, you know, often thoughts are the baddies in the meditation world. Um, no. No. It's just because we're so um, thought-focused, um, we get lost in them more. That's our tendency. So... Definitely, also something to, to work with and learn from. Yeah. Is it not very clear? I don't know. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Denise. <laughs>
Sorry? Ah, you don't remember the, the five? Oh, I remember the four. That's good. Um, desire, aversion, sloth and torpor, restlessness and worry. And, and you can actually, I didn't say this, but to make it easier to remember, that there are actually two pairs. Um, you know, desire and aversion are actually, you know, we can say on a spectrum. And sloth and torpor and restlessness are also a spectrum. So we can also remember them as two kind of opposites or two points of a spectrum. And then doubt is the fifth. Um, you notice a distraction and coming, um, like responding to that with gentleness and curiosity. So, um, yeah. And not layering in self-judgment. So I'll just I'll just kind of uh, repeat because I think people in the back didn't hear just that the, how difficult it is to notice that we're distracted and um, then to to gently uh, bring the attention back without uh, judgment and and uh, kind of negative sense. Um, yeah, it's a practice, you know, and, and that's why it's so important, actually, because that relationship to, that attitude that we bring to that moment is, is really something that we kind of learn how to do or we train ourselves. Um, the beautiful thing is, um, and, you know, Pema Chodron has lots of beautiful teachings on it. One of her books is called The Wisdom of No Escape. And um, the beautiful thing about practice is that we can always you know we can always catch ourselves at some point and then bring the gentleness and the curiosity and so even if we've already judged and we've been harsh we can bring some kindness to that sometimes um it can be helpful to just say a few metaphrases whenever we notice a contraction or a sense of aversion whether it's towards myself or just you know towards the fact that i've you know the doors kind of not closing properly or whatever it is, it can be something completely random. But we notice that sense of contraction and aversion. We just bring in a meta practice, uh, just a, f- a couple of phrases. So um, I think uh, what can help is to hold it with the understanding that it's a process. It's a process, and um, we're not going to get it right 100% of the time. So, you know, it's okay. You know, we fall down and, and we get up again. That's, that's what we do. Um, which of the hindrances is it when you oh, I have a tendency to fall into planning I just find myself planning mm. yeah what's your sense it's not quite worry mm. restlessness I mm-hmm. suppose or, or can it be a sense desire I don't, I'm mm. not sure yeah so it, it can be it can be interesting to explore and and to really feel um, I find it helpful to feel flavor to start kind of getting familiar with the flavor I, that's why I like this image when the Buddha gives these images of how it gives us more of a sense of the flavor and often it can be a combination so it could definitely you know definitely planning definitely has often can have a sense of the restlessness and and the worry aspect uh, it can also have either desire or aversion or both. <laughs> in there um, yeah yeah so there's not a it's, it won't necessarily always be the same also you know but if it is a if it's a specific type of planning or a specific theme of planning then it might have the, the same major um, components of hindrances but just just pay attention you know when, it, when you notice it arising see if you can um, just pay attention to it and understand it more see what, what makes it up Um, planning is my favorite uh, <laughs> <laughs> distraction um, but I didn't realize that really until I was taught the, the method of noting distracting thoughts and I realized how often it was planning and for me it often starts with anxiety I'm planning something because there's some anxiety that if I don't plan it and then it tips into desire because it tips slightly into fantasy and it'll be like this and then this will happen 
Um, so, you know, it, it can change from one to another. But I think it's also just worth saying that, you know, the hindrance isn't necessarily an exhaustive category. And so if something's happening, we're not quite sure which hindrance it is. There can almost be a restlessness in trying to work that out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> so, but it's it's a helpful guide, and and of course they apply in everyday life as well. You know, they're the things that the main places our mind goes when we're not present. So, time for some walking practice, and uh, yeah. Keeping the emphasis, keeping the the walking going um, as much as possible in the being outdoors to another another good day for that. Um, and there's a couple of groups. Hmm? There's a couple of groups. Yeah, and there's also two group two the two groups are meeting um, at this time. So um, yeah, keep, keep practicing. <laughs> <laughs>